Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hello. Sorry for the <laughs> small delay. I was a sniveling mess. And, uh, as he, you might be able to tell, John has a, it's a little bit stuffy, but he's good. He's good I'm enough to record a, today. I'm just a little stuffy. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Um, I would have been today a podcaster we're be... like you, but I took an injury to the knee. Exactly. That doesn't today we're gonna Actually, be no, I did recording. Hurt me, but... Ooh, that's not good. Yeah. We're going to be recording episode 130, Pioneering a New Frontier, because you see... At first, Ian and I thought after the weekend we were going to talk about our two eyes on the community subjects, right? Big hats off to Javier Dominguez for winning the, Mythic, the fifth Mythic Championship with Gruel Agro. Dude, some of those... Hold on, let me just tell you. Some of those games in the finals um, against uh, Jean-Emmanuel Dupra were... Whew, they were some spicy ones. Uh, there was a big theme that happened, over, I think, over the weekend when I was watching a lot of the coverage um, when I was modding the chat was uh man there were some games that could have been really nice matchups but mana screw or mana flood Oof. was just absolutely brutal there was a couple things where like a player would like look like they would recover and then all of a sudden would rip like three or four land or like they'd rip a land and then a spell that drew cards and the two cards they draw would be two lands and it's just like yeah what can you do and they weren't playing field decks so it didn't matter the lands weren't helping so, big heads up to Javier. And then also, on Monday, we had a BNR announcement. We had Arkham's Astrolab banned in Popper, finally. Nice. Good thing for all those concerned. And then we had Standard ban uh, Field of the Dead after over 40% of the Mythic Championship field was, well, Golos Field of the Dead decks. Uh, to be fair, too, people are still thinking that Astrolab isn't enough, which is funny. Uh, basically, they were... I hate to use the... You know, the standard or the parlance joke for magic community what used when, uh, what's it called? Splendor Twin was around, like, oh, it died yeah. for aggro or it died for control sin or whatever mm-hmm. like that. But people were saying that ephemerate actually was the real issue and that Astrolabe only just made the mana bases crazy. But sure. the fact that Boggles basically was picking up Astrolabe to smooth their mana draws was just a, a bridge too far, I would assume. So, funnily enough, they didn't even mention Oko in the BNR no, article. No, which no, everyone's like, no, no, What? They did. Okay, but... They did not mention him by name, but they did mention that the Green Planeswalkers, especially with Acceleration, are proving problematic. To they be didn't f- say it by name, to be but f- they did mention Oko. I will not allow you to spread this false narrative. No, they didn't name Oko because Oko is Broko. But the thing is, though is that they mentioned Green Planeswalker in specific because Nissa, who shakes the roll, is also busted in half. Turns out that if you put, um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Right, uh, the Mirari's Wake on a Planeswalker? That's really good. I'm not even talking about that. There's So there's a couple lands ETB tapped in this format. You have uh-huh. the Temples, they ETB tapped. Hey, guess what her plus one does? Untaps taps lands. them. <laughs> yeah. And also shocklands, you can just stick a shockland with no drawback. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I was watching, so give you a little bit of insider stuff here for when I was we were, my team was testing initially with Pete for SCG Philly before he had to drop out. He was looking at kind of uh, green black mid range ish with like a heavy lean on some Garrix and Vraska 
the format of Raska and Nissu Who Shakes the World. And Nissu Who Shakes the World was the by far the most powerful card that I could see in that deck that he was when he was playing it. And yeah. the fact that the any green based deck was picking her up is literally no surprise. She is really good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if if she does, if she continues to be powerful, maybe they could see wiping her with the ban hammer. I just don't think she's that good. But again, it kind of cycles back around what we were talking about with the planeswalkers the other week. Static effects on planeswalkers are a little too good. I don't think they're a little too good, but they are very good. I meant, yeah, it's it's potentially problematic, and I'm glad they only stuck with potentially it for the problematic. Set. Yes, I thought it was cool initially, and. Over time, my my song has changed a little bit because, yikes. Well, they've yet to convince me. But here's (laughs) the thing. Like I said, you heard the the topic pioneering into a new frontier because on Monday, Wizards of the Coast surprised everybody and announced a new format. Quick. I want to say this too, though, because they dropped the banned and restricted announcement and the announcement of the new format, Pioneer, at literally the same time in articles on the mothership. Yeah. So everybody was like BNR, 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 and like I remember seeing one or two people being like, "What the heck is this about? Is this a new format?" <laughs> like a couple of people picked up on it with tweets and was like, "Hey, what is this? Like, do we have a new modern format?" And then everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And like literally all conversation about ban restrict announcement basically stopped, and then was just like, it. Everybody was like. Oh my God! Went out and price spikes happened across the board. Now, John, name the, I yeah. didn't bring this up with you at the beginning of the episode, but I, I was like, oh, why did we have to mention Frontier? Because this kind of took Frontier, which was the format we talked about actually in one of our previous episodes, 90, 89 episodes ago. Yeah, episode forty-one <laughs> into the Wild Frontier, uh, December fifteenth, twenty sixteen. To give you an idea of th- almost three years ago. Good lord, we've been doing this for a while. We have. Um, but yeah, we talked about Frontier back when it was kind of just coming out. It was a Japanese format that was it was popular over in Japan because a lot of the modern staples were a little too expensive to get over. And Haruya and other local tournament organizers there were basically making this format to kind of play locally. It kind of like peaked in interest and then died out super quick, um, basically ever outside of Japan. And it almost is like they beta tested it for wizards. Uh, what's yeah. really cool about this is let's start actually let's start talking about Pioneer itself. Yeah. So Far Frontier, uh, what was Frontier's limit? So it Frontier started at Cons of Tarkir. Okay, so it started Cons of Tarkir and then went through Current at that point, which was like uh, I remember playing it. So the one event I played with it, I was playing Grixis Dragons with Battle for Zendikar lands. So yeah. around BFZ, Fate Reforged. Not Fate Reforged, uh, Oath of the Gatewatch. Yeah, let me see here real quick. Uh, Oath came out January 22, 2016. So yeah, this was... And Battle oh, for Zendikar came out October 2nd, 2015, and our episode was in December. So it, we were basically in Oath spoiler season right yeah. around that time. Yeah. So or Right before, I think it would be. Yeah, so Into the Wild Frontier, like I said, it was a very different format. With fetch lands plus battle lands, you could do a whole lot of different things. The best deck in the format was also the best deck in standard at the time, which was Rally the Ancestors, which we'll get to those in a little bit. But Pioneer is a different starting point, and everyone has always talked, asked Mark Rosewater, when are you guys going to make another non-rotating 
format. And, the, and Mark says, you know, it's in. we're going to make one eventually. It's just a matter of fact. And people are like, what do you think about Frontier? And he's like, I like the idea, but I think it's the wrong starting point. And so the announcement for Pioneer basically said that it's going to be Return to Ravnica forward. So right around the time that Ian and I both started playing Magic. Which yeah, keep, I came in at M14, which was the core set right after Return to Ravnica block. Likewise. So like one block before we really got into it. And oh, I started going great. Ham, I got ham and Theros. I, I came Same. in like we came in midway through M14. Yeah. And there's only five cards on the ban list to start. And I completely get it. I completely understand it. And anyone who says that they need to unban these cards really don't remember how Battle for Zendikar standard went, and that is Flooded Strand, Polluted Delta, Bloodstained Mire, Woodland Foothills, and Woodstepped Heath. The, the fetch lands. The five cons of Tarkir fetch lands we should mention because the other ones have been reprinted, but they were from original Zendikar, which is not legal in Pioneer. Because we should probably mention it starts RTR, doesn't have anything before that, so no infect, RIP. <laughs> no Tron. Thank God. No, no blood, storm. No blood moon. No blood moon. No ensnaring bridge. None of that. None of that nonsense. That, just. It's, it, it's kind it's, of funny. Like it was one thing. A lot of people were like, "Man, we should just ban like eighth edition and whatever out of modern." Like we'll just make a new format that doesn't have it in there. Surprise. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's actually talk. Kind of while we're on the subject, let's talk about timing. So I brought up eighth edition. That was the actual starting or starting point for. Um. The border change. The border change, which was the modern border, which led to the start point for where they, they're de- I should say the demarcation line for um, where the new format, it came out in July of 2003. Now, RTR came out in uh, October of 2012. So it's a good nine years or so. Mm-hmm. Return of Ravnica, like I just mentioned, came out October 2012. We are now October 2019. It's been seven years. That's a hefty chunk of time. So at the time that they were basically kicking around uh, Modern, which came out a year before that in 2011, they had roughly the same card pool that we now have for Pioneer. So it was kind of very, a very good time now to bring it up and put it back in. Yeah. Now, also, also, funnily enough, I saw somebody, sorry, somebody saw somebody mention, we can now measure formats in terms of uh, Ravnicas, Ravnicas. Yeah. Standard has one Ravnica, Pioneer has two Ravnicas, and Modern has three Ravnicas. It's going to be real awkward when uh, Ravnica rotates out of Standard. But. Yeah, for, for now, it's a good way, good measuring stick. It is. Fun. Now, another thing that they've mentioned is that, um, the big one is that there is official Wizards of the Coast tournament support, like big tournament support. There are three GPs at the beginning of next year four. that are Pioneer. There's four. I mean, I know there's more than four, but I was thinking of the main three, there's which are also the regional players tours finals. But there's also for there's APAC four, Europe and America. You can't say three. There's four. GP Louisville is also fourth. GP Louisville in March. Yeah, I was I was thinking of the first three, not Louisville. Yeah, but yeah. so there's four stand. There's four uh, Pioneer, four Standard, two Modern. Yeah, Austin, and, and I don't remember where the other one is. Oh God, hold on, I have this tweet. I made it the other day. Scrolling, scrolling. There it is. Um, no, pass it. Yeah, so th- my bad. Three limited, two standard, four pioneer, four modern <laughs> events. Yeah. 
in court first quarter 2020. Yeah. So between January and uh, April 25th. Yeah. So a lot of Pioneer. There's also MTGO support. There are leagues that are live right now that you can go and play Pioneer on. Streamers are doing it right now. Oh, fun thing about Magic Online. They were doing a a Chaos Draft event. They were like, hey, it's going back to Return to Ravnica block. We got totally baited on that. And, uh, yep. It's, uh... It was it was Pioneer Chaos Draft. Of course it was. And they just kind of slipped it in there and kind of uh, pump faked. So Anyways. Also, also, we should mention, too, speaking of like it was kind of pump faked out there. Apparently, Wizards Event Reporter were uh, had a bit of a technical glitch that Pioneer popped up because I'm piggybacking off what you mentioned about this uh, tournament support. It popped up in, in the event reporter as a format. And everyone's like, what the heck is this? However, there was also some weird awkward timing where cards that are now are basically considered potential staples were being bought out before this glitch happened. Yeah, so people are like so people are basically like, okay, who knew about this? Where did it leak? It's yeah. it's suspicious timing, tinfoil hat brigade, whatever you want to call it. But either way, now, before we get wanted, into if you wanted to buy staples <clears throat> for the format, you should have bought them last week. If he's basically where yeah. we're at right now. And the last thing that I want to lead into before we talk about the decks is a combination of tweets that I found over the over the course of the weekend. One was from Aaron Forsyth, who's you know the VP of Magic essentially at Wizards of the Coast. He basically was saying, "Listen, we are going to be aggressive about bans in this format. We're going to be making off-cycle announcements for Pioneer <coughs> as we get more data. So they are going to be very aggressive." And trying to prune the metagame to take out any harmful elements. Yeah, so the very first GP at a Magic Fest that we're getting is at uh, Brussels. Basically, it starts the day before Nagoya's does. But it's regional, uh, the regional pro, uh, players tour uh, final for Europe. It's It's Pioneer. That's January 30th. I fully expect the format that exists... Today, the first day it's legal on Magic Online, October 23rd, 2019, will not be the same format as January 30th. Yeah. And it's not even, it might not even be close. I have a feeling in the next three months, we're going to see some serious power level bans if they find something to be overly egregious at this point. And to tie into that, Sam Black tweeted out saying, listen, if you're making a Pioneer deck, your goal is to get something banned. Like, you're not playing to play fair. You're playing to break something and get it banned. And, you know, one person replied, I'm just going to play these mid-range decks and give my opponents free wins to get their cards banned. <laughs> it's like, hey, if you want to spew value like that, go right ahead. To be fair, I will also be looking at mid-range decks because some of the mid-range decks that existed were kind of my jam uh, in standard at the time. However, I will also be keeping an eye on the uh, the broke stuff just because it's broke. Um, yeah. I, I fully expect something like maybe Jeskai's Ascendancy to get banned if it becomes egregious. Uh, maybe the cop... Uh, we'll talk about these with some of the decks yeah. coming up. Um, but with the big thing we have... I have it highlighted in the show notes, though. Yes. I didn't I didn't forget this part. Yeah. But yeah, it's... um, It's not going to be on Arena. Yeah. So that was the big thing people were like, too. It's like, hey, cool. This is... Wait a minute. What about Historic? So Historic is the... Uh, I Ixalan guess you could to say now. extended format on Magic 
arena. The problem is, is that all right, so technically in the coding, based off of when the alpha for arena started, they have stuff from Shadows of Innistrad block coded, or at least were that was coded into. I don't know how they handled that legacy code if they. We know they have Kaladesh for sure. Yeah, Kaladesh for sure is in there, but before that, SOI might be somewhere floating around the code base still. However, they have not said whether or not it's going to be put in there. Now, keep in mind, that only goes back to 2016 with Kaladesh in, reaching into 2015 with, uh, or beginning of 2016. Yeah, with Shadows. With Shadows. So they only have to go back three or so years in their code base, meaning they would have to extend back another four years worth of sets added into the code base if they wanted to drag Pioneer into Arena. I don't see this happening anytime soon. However, funnily enough, uh, about an hour and a half before we recorded, Wizards uh, Help, or I think that's whatever their uh, job hunting one is, they posted a job listing for software development. <laughs> so, Which, if you know anything about Wizards of the Coast and software jobs, uh, is a little ironic. Well, I mean, that's basically, hey, we need to beef up some teams here and there, maybe. Who knows? Maybe either, a little bit. Either way. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with historic people are kind of not happy about how the queues are going for that. Plus also brawl, which are apparently only on Wednesdays, which yeah. I, you know, you make a fun new potential format. That's like mini commander, but standard related. And then you, to be fair, it is always direct challenge available, but there should be a all time queue for it. Right. I, but John, both John and I are of the opinion that there should be an all time queue just because it's a cool format and to dictate when you play it. I mean, yes, you can get away with that with cube and everything like that on magic online, but this is a constructed format and you shouldn't be time gating people for a constructed format. It's so it's not great. Cause I mean, hell my, uh, legacy leagues or my legacy nights at my LGS are on Wednesdays. So if I ever wanted to pr- play brawl on arena for some ungodly reason, I just skip legacy night and my LGS and Hey, look, that's, a digital product pulling from a store. So, oops, I guess. Anyways. Either way, let's talk about let's... the decks in the format, because my god, there's a lot we've rambled so far. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about the decks, and I've broadly listed these by archetype. Like, broad archetype. Like, combo, control, mid-range, and aggro. John, John, and... Painted, John painted the very wide strokes on this one. Yes. And, um, hats off to my friend Doug and roommate who compiled this list that's in kind of our local team's Discord that kind of roughly categorizes these decks. And we're going to talk about some cards that are new to the format that are going to hate on these cards or that these decks that arch- that archetypally existed in their standard will now have to deal with. Because we're going to start off with the Meng because this is arguably one of the best decks just going into it. You know, but, but you ba- get one so card ba- banned. Basically what you're talking about, though, just briefly, is you're talking about these old decks from standard past the predators with new weird with um, new predators on them yeah yeah basically uh invasive species essentially exactly except not that card that card's not very good but <laughs> wow we're gonna start off with copycat sahelia plus felidar guardian everybody's familiar with the combo with the jess guy or the four color varieties using energy this is going to be a very popular deck so to briefly yeah. run it down real quick you have Sahili Rai. She's what, four? She has three. One blue she's, red. Oh, she's three. Okay, so you play Sahili Rai, you tick her up, whatever. The next turn you play four mana, so three and a white, Feldar Guardian. It enters the battlefield. 
target something, it flickers. Um, see Healy Rai resetting her. Then you can minus her to create a copy of the Feldar Guardian, which then enters the bat has an enters the battlefield trigger, which then flickers the Saheli, which then copies the cat and gives it. And oh, by the way, these copies have haste, so you're literally just making copies and chonking away your opponent. It's Splinter Twin all over again. Yeah. Now, Felidar Guardian got banned early in Amonkhet Standard. It did not get a chance to see the day when its natural enemy, Ixalan, was released. Because, oh my god, how many Ixalan cards hate on this for, on this you know deck? Sorcerer's Spyglass. Kajali Sunwing. Sorcerer's Spyglass. Uh, Rampaging Ferocidon. Takatli Honor, Honor Guard. Yeah. Settle the Wreckage. Like... There's so many ways. They basically the, they basically saw like they realized the copycat came out late and I guess late in the file they had some hate cards for stuff that was like that anyway. Yeah. To be to be fair, then. to be fair, we should also mention that when copycat originally came out, the 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 combo I think it was what Sam Stoddard said, we yeah, we actually honestly did not see this combo. Yeah. We we completely missed this combo. So, yeah. for despite all the testing they did, um that's why they I can honestly say that I probably that copycat is the reason why they beefed up the staffing on their uh, playtest design team. Yeah, yeah the, the playtest team for future st- for future leagues and stuff like that with pros who saw it like right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the next other big bogeyman that also got a card banned, actually multiple cards banned. Although to be fair, Attune with Ether did nothing wrong in, in Marvel decks. It's Etherworks Marvel. You get a bunch of energy, you get up to eight, you cast your Aetherworks Marvel, you spin the wheel, and you cast a big Eldrazi from the top six cards of your deck. Aetherworks Marvel, essentially, it needs six energy. People are saying, hey, if you had like eight energy, it would be less broken, but it still would be able to generate energy easily in that set. Uh, I have seen people say Aetherworks Marvel might not be as good as you think it is. Reason being is that energy is a hyper-parasitic mechanic in that in order to have a lot of energy you need to play a lot of energy cards and outside of energy decks they really don't do much besides generate energy i mean you have some that like attuned to aether that can you know help you fix your colors but at the same time it's really not super as busted as it was in a smaller standard size format where also a lot of the major fatties that you're going to be pumping out with Aetherworks Marvel. We're actually in standard at the time that Aetherworks Marvel was there. There's really not a lot outside. Yeah, the deck doesn't get anything new. Um, it The only thing I honestly thought of was uh, you get Ashen Rider. Sure. Which is uh, like five white and a black. It's four white, white, black, black. Four, four flying when it enters the battlefield or leaves the battlefield. No, enters the battlefield or dies. Exile a permanent. Yeah, yeah, dies is is especially important there because it was huge in the whip decks for on the ETB effect, but you never get it on the way out with whipping whipping it back. Yeah, uh, but no, I um, love that deck. I love that card in the whip decks. But then the hate cards are Grafdigger's Cage, Pithing Needle, Sorcerer's Spyglass. Yeah, you're going to hear those a lot, especially Grafdigger's yeah. Cage. Um, that's going to do pull pull its weight. Uh, next one, especially against this next one. Rally yeah. the ancestors. Uh, the we mentioned it before during the frontier. It's just it was just the best deck at its time. Straight up busted combo. X white white. Uh, return uh, as many creatures from your graveyard with CMC X or less to the battlefield uh, until you're and then exile them on your next end step. 
Usually what you would do with Rally is you would just find ways to dump a lot of stuff in your graveyard. It was usually paired up with Zulport Cutthroat and or uh, what's the other one? An Antuco Husk was yeah. a good way to get stuff back in the yard around that. But basically you would drain your opponent out and then chonk in with a massive Nantuko husk that you would somehow be able to give it evasion and just bash someone's face in for the rest of the lethal damage. Yeah. Um, cards that this deck gets is uh, Stitcher Supplier. Yeah, it's a very re- good in this deck. Really big one for the deck. I was actually watching someone play against it earlier. Yeah. Uh, but what does it have to worry about? Well, it has to worry about Cage. Also has to worry about Rest in Peace and Leyline of the Void. Oh, right. Leyline got reprinted recently. It did. Oh, anyways. Oh, baby. We got the ley lines. Right. People were talking about ley line of anticipation and the green one in uh, yeah. ramp decks. Anyways, uh, next combo deck <clears throat> kind of has two variants. One is the modern port of Emery Jeskai Ascendancy, and the other was the standard version of Jeskai Ascendancy where you just you made a bunch of things, cast a bunch of things, and then you cast Flesh to Blood and kill someone. Well, you would also um, use Sylvan Awakening to turn all your lands into creatures. So yeah. then you would tap all your lands. So Sylvan Awakening turns all your creature, all your lands into two two creatures that you can then tap for mana, cast a spell, and then untap it with the trigger uh, from Jeskai Ascendancy, and then float the mana, tap another like you draw the card, and then you float another mana. Yeah, you just basically make your lands infinitely large based off of drawing cards off of ma- casting spells. And now that that deck also has dig through time and treasure cruise in it, you can just generate arbitrarily large amounts of mana and not even have to delve away honestly yeah. for it, which is ca- kind of the crazy part, but that's eventually, it. eventually you generate enough mana, draw enough cards that you can just be like, all right, turn everything sideways and hit you for like 70. Yeah. That said, we got a lot of hate cards, rule of law, idol on a rhetoric, idol on the great revel, deafening silence. Like, there's a lot. Yeah. They're basically any way to punish other decks for casting spells. Uh, yeah. I don't want the great yeah. rebel, basically the massive hate card in this one. Uh, yeah. Granted you have some cards like treasure cruise and dig through time. They're going to go over top of Eidolon's casting thing, but just guy ascendancy, especially the Emery versions where it's looking to cast a whole bunch of cheap, um, mox ambers, mox ambers and stuff like that. Actually, I'm going to briefly jump to a different deck that you don't we don't have on here but kind of operates on a similar principle as Jeskai Ascendancy is uh the paradoxical outcome decks. Yeah. So it's not quite par- it's paradoxical outcome storm. I know we mentioned storm doesn't exist but it Aetherflux Reservoir Storm essentially uh to just create a giant hyperlaser and shoot your opponent out of the sky. Also has a nice backup plan of utilizing uh Psy Master Thopterus uh, it's using yep. the new wishing well, uh, the one man of the one yep. blue artifact, along with all sorts of like or I think the egg, golden egg. It's using yeah a bunch of a bunch of eggs essentially that you like egg style cards where you can crack and cantrip off of them and draw a bunch of cards and such. It's an interesting looking deck. I actually watched Kenji play it in a mirror match on on stream, and I swear to God it looked like a vintage match. It was disgusting. The last combo deck I've got written on here is Godfarer's Gift. You know, play a bunch of the cards, put them in your graveyard, slam a Godfarer's Gift, and take a bunch of combat steps thanks to Combat Celebrant. How do we cheat Godfarer's Gift in again? Uh, you play Gate to the Afterlife. All right, all right. Yeah, you play the two-card combo. Um, I don't know if this, this card's going to be good. 
there's a lot of hate cards for it, like Rest in Peace, Leyline, as we mentioned. There's also stuff like Pithing Needle that can name, like, not necessarily the Godfather's Gift, but name the gate. And really hard to play a fair game plan when your creatures are already kind of undersized. Yeah, and to be perfectly fair a little bit with Godfather's Gift, it just feels like it's going to, there's going to be some standard decks from, or standard decks past that, you know, felt overwhelmingly powerful in the format that literally just don't hold a candle to some of these other combo decks like we've talked about. Like Godfather's Gift was a pretty good, like out of left field. If it hadn't probably leaked on a 5-0 list somewhere, it might've actually ran over that Pro Tour event. Like it probably would have, yeah. Nobody would have seen it coming, but people hyper adjust, like adjusted really quick when they realized how powerful that deck was against the expected meta at the PT. And people were able to catch it just in the nick of time and sideboard against it fairly decently. So yeah. that kind of thing where it's a deck where if it's expected and compared to the other power, like against Rally the Ancestors, it's like night and day power level almost. Yeah. Especially with the cards available. Uh, so yeah that's about it for combo that we're covering today uh i i definitely feel there's a lot of combo that we didn't even touch upon that's probably going to get busted uh i mean we'll get there when we get there. i honestly feel I, I feel like the combo decks are going to be the ones that get stuff banned out of it from the first or the earliest that's also what people are trying the most right now i want to say well yeah i mean obviously you get some new shiny combo toys you're going to be like let's jam this because I mean, to be fair, the first modern decks that were out there and banned were Storm and Blazing Shoal Infect, which are just uber combo decks. So, yeah, but it's called the Storm Scale, not not the Dredge Scale. That is true. That is very true. But anyway, I, I do want to also give a brief shout out. Thank God we only have five cards in their own, five cards on the ban list, and they're going to aggressively tune the format because the yes. last time. I tweeted this. Thing. It, it, I get why they had some of the cards on the initial modern ban list that they did. However, some of them, like in retrospect, once they kind of got off the ban list, just never were played ever again. And it's like it was it was powerful at the time and standard. We got it, but it's kind of they, they let wizards learn their lesson, and I appreciate that. Moving on to the mid range decks, the decks where nothing will probably get banned. Maybe uh, you say that. Maybe. I think what's at number five on the list has a chance of having stuff banned out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to start with the one because they were the boogeyman in standard. They were the boogeyman all throughout their time. Because you, you can play an aggro deck. You can play an aggro deck. You can play a mid-range deck or you can play a control deck. All that mattered is if you registered four siege rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Green, black, X. In this case, Obzon. Good old Obzon, aggro, standard, mid-range, control, whatever you want to do. It picked up some good cards. It got Assassin's Trophy recently. Um, I don't know why I put a braid there. I meant Abrupt Decay. Yeah, I was like, wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, it got Liliana, uh, the Last Hope, as a nice substitute for playing uh, of the Veil. So that's a kind of yep. nice bonus that kind of might flip some power rankings a little bit with the Planeswalker episode we talked about. Because, hey, look, she has a new life in this format, but not in not Liliana the Veil. Obzon is just a solid deck. It's going to be, you know, the rock is green, green, black midrange with a touch of another color. Uh, I don't know how good the sideboard is. I haven't looked too much into like what the the sideboard silver bullets are. 
Uh, we don't have any stony silence in this format, but there's really not a whole lot of artifact decks, but we'll talk about one later. Uh, it does have rest in peace, which is a massive uh, reason to, to try and jam white into this. I've seen people trying to jam some Sultai lists as well. Uh, basically, green, black, X can't go wrong if you're looking for a mid-range deck. No, nope, really can't. Not with Thoughtseize in the format. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, too. This is a Thoughtseize format, kids. <laughs> Thoughtseize yeah. is, is a card. You're going to, like, we have... That's your hand disruption. It's probably the best deck. It's probably the best card in the entire format, but... Probably, Moving actually. on. This one I just put on here just for you kind of, you know, giggles. It's uh, Constellation. There was a green-black Constellation deck at the end of Theros' standard... Of Theros' time and standard with like Doom Lake Giant and Nine Lot of Blossoms. Got done a lot of cool things. Got There's a couple old, of more cards. Good old Boom Lake. Um, so here's the thing. Theros is coming out soon. Yeah, it is. Constellation might get a shot in the arm. We might not see the keyword, but we might see more enchantments because Theros was a very enchantment heavy set. I would almost assuredly not assume we're not getting Bestow back. <laughs> No, I want bestow. Come on, I like bestow, but I'm like it's a single set this time. They don't have three sets to work with, so they're not going to play around. They're not. I don't think they'll mess around with bestow this time. It'll be I mean, some devotion. It I, devotion, a, I think, is a is a is a shoe in. It might be a tweak on sure. that, but constellation. We probably will see more enchantments. They're printing new ones all the time. Uh, even kind of oddly enough, with constellation, talk about enchantments briefly. We don't have it on the list, but people have already been brewing up bogles. Good old, yeah, good old boggy boys. Uh, yep. Put some pants on some hexproof creatures. Blade cover scout plus uh, ethereal armor. Yeah, and Go the new town. one. Uh, all the glitters. All the glitters. Yeah, some good. There's some spicy uh, pants in the format. Yeah. Uh, this one though, this next deck is uh, near and dear to my heart because it was probably the, the deck that I had the best results in standard with in my playing career which is good old collected company-based decks. Uh, people have been talking about Coco Spirits, and they're also assuming that Coco Humans might be the best flavor of collected company, unless you kind of mix-mash the bunch. Mana-based aside, we'll have to see if you're going to want to play Bant or even something else like that. Uh, you could maybe jam four-color, but that's getting risky. You'd yeah. have to basically be base green honestly for any kind of more than any kind of more than like two color for this you're gonna have probably have yeah. to be base green for collective company decks yeah. but i would assume it would be white green with a splash of blue for something like reflector mage or spell queller necessarily or deputy detention oh right they have deputy detention too that's powerful too yeah um All right. now keep in mind too we do have uh what's the tribal land uh, unclaimed territory. Yeah, unclaimed territory. If you're going for one of the more the uh, the tribal route, Coco decks, but that's beside the yeah. point. So graveyard wise, we don't have Dredge, but we do have Delirium. Well, um, yeah, we do have the Delirium deck. There's pseudo Dredge. We have pseudo Dredge, but I'm not talking like yeah. If you yeah, yeah, we don't have any cards with the actual mechanic Dredge, but Embercool the Promised End was a massive powerhouse. There are only going to be better ways to fill your graveyard. We already mentioned Citrus Supplier once up in Faith in you know Rally the Ancestors. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be just as good in Delirium decks, because Embercool is just. She's a really good finisher, dude. She's going to end the game, dude. Can you imagine like turn one Stitcher Supplier into like turn two Grim Flayer, and Ugh. then Grim Flayer active on turn three. Ugh, <laughs> beautiful. 
Like that's just uh, that's gross and amazing. But yeah, delirium decks might be a thing. Uh, honestly, these mid range ones we're talking about obviously will probably become more powerful as the format goes on because they're going to prune away some of the overly re- egregious combo cards. But yeah. until then, this is the. But also, these are, these are also the decks that are going to be the hardest to make work because like the combo decks and the aggro decks are going to know exactly what they want. It's the mid range and control decks that are going to have to react to how the aggro decks and the mid and the combo decks are approaching the format. And keep in mind, we're we're like the base of this is kind of greatest hits of standard pass that we're just reviewing. There's going to be stuff out there that's going to be completely new and different and amazing, but it will lean on some of these older concepts that we had because obviously it's what's it what existed out there, but it'll just get deeper. Uh, this one yep. probably won't have as much because it's Mardu vehicles. Vehicles were only really heavily printed in Kaladesh. We have gotten like one or two or three since then. Uh, now I think that Mardu vehicles it's gonna be it's gonna be called Mardu vehicles, but it's only because it's gonna be playing Heart of Kieran and Smuggler's Copter in the same deck, which this deck didn't get to do in its standard time. Uh, but we're just gonna keep looking at some of the same cards. We're gonna be playing Toolcraft Exemplar. We're still gonna be playing Gideon Ally of Zendikar. There's gonna be some other cards that are gonna pop up, but it's just gonna, I think it's gonna be a really good mid range deck. Yeah, it might even might not even need to be Mardu anymore. It might just be different colors. Uh, it could just go back to red white like it was originally yeah. before Heart of Kieran but, got printed. Smuggler's Copter has a good chance to be a card that could be banned out of the format just because of it. it it's has really the, good in aggro decks. It has the stats to potentially get a whap on the ban hammer. It can attack through a spell queller. Yeah, which is gross. But Which is my, my guess for number two most powerful card in the format. Moving on. Yeah. Two flavors of Devotion decks are going to be mid-range decks because they're kind of going to do the same thing every game. And they're not going to kill you very quickly. And that's Mono Green Devotion for Ramp, 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 Ramp. Which, by the way, Nykthos untaps from Nyssa. See where I'm going? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Mono Black Devotion with Thoughtseize into Packrat, into Nightville Spectre, into something else, into Gary? Haha, <laughs> Gary! Yes. Uh, that's Great Merchant of Asphodel, for those who don't know the inside joke. Uh, called him Gary. He just looks like a Gary, you know? He's a merchant. He drains people, by the way. So he's a de- devotion drainer. Um, can easily just get a bunch of black, pit- black pips out in the battlefield. Heck, you can even put Erebos out in there. And there's a... Oh, God, what's the... Ayara guy? does seem pretty good in that Ayara, deck. I've seen lists with Ayara in it. Um, Whip is in there on some yeah. of the lists I've seen. And, yeah, Nantuko Husk with Zillaport Cutthroat to just eat away your points light total without even worrying about it and just put all the black pips out there. Speaking yep. of whip decks, a my second favorite behind Collective Company because that was the first standard deck that I took to a tournament back and Oh, God. Was it 2015? Yeah, it was yes. 2015. It was uh, GP San Antonio 2015 standard cons. I was on whip. Good old deck list by, my, by, the, by the man Gabe... Uh, SC, SC, or SG Doc uh, made that made that deck up, uh, but whip decks could be interesting for getting dumping stuff in the yard, bringing it back cheaply. You'd have to see how uh, enchantment destruction runs. It's very slow to set it up. You need to play the four mana to get the whip out, and then you have four more mana to dump in a turn, and you can only tap it once. You can't unless you have some untapped shenanigans with enchantments. I don't know how good it's going to be. It might be Mimi, but we'll see. The next one, though, Hardened Scales. 
can port a, a lot, and I mean a lot, of its modern compatriot or modern component over to uh, standard pioneer as it's standard like the big thing it misses from modern bound and is mox opal it misses mox and, and arcbound ravager it mixes mox opal arcbound ravager and ink moth nexus those are the main ones that it misses because ink moth nexus was its quick kill condition you just dump a bunch of counters on stuff you transfer you bump them around with uh what's it called um oh the mechanic arcbound ravager well and arcbound worker modular modular you you whip the counters around with modular and then you dump them all onto your ink moth nexus and whip them for 20 with yeah. with infect which is disgusting overkill but this gets like hanger back walker it's got walking ballista uh the the, the hardened scales versions we'll probably see will be green black to take advantage of uh winding constrictor because you can go like turn one scales turn two constrictor and then everything else is just getting like two plus counters on it and it just spirals out of control for yeah. you and so that should basically about wrap up the mid-range uh we're gonna jump next into control with everybody's favorite blue white because that's just the basis of control when you're playing control and all that lovely fun stuff so yeah it's a sweepers and card draw i listed two variants of blue white kind of x control you know, we got Esper Dragons that you can kind of tweak. There's also the Teferi control decks that we had from past standard, which are still very good. Um, not not to mention it, uh, Sphinx's Rev. <laughs> Sphinx's yeah, Rev. Sphinx's Rev and Supreme Verdict are big gains uh, Sphinx's for, Revol- for the deck. Yeah, Sphinx's Revelation can just make it so you really only just need... I mean, it won a Pro Tour. In, it did. In, was it standard? Yeah. No. Uh, yes, it was standard. Yeah, it was even flock with the uh, the Nyx Fleece Ram gaining a life and the Archangel of uh, Thune. Thune putting a counter on it to make a big old goat. <laughs> Meh. Meh. Um. Anyways, Esper Dragons would be something I'd be interested in testing out. Uh, I actually, that's probably one of the biggest control decks I ever played in, or the my the favorite control deck I ever played in standard when it was legal. It was during my 2015 deployment to Afghanistan, and my buddy brought a couple of standard decks out with him. He had the green-white Megamorph mid-range deck, uh, Esper Dragons, one of the burn decks at the time. I think it was like one of the Atarka Red variants, maybe, that was floating around at the time. And I just grabbed the Esper Dragons deck and played it a whole bunch and learned the ins and outs of it. And we literally came back from our deployment, took the decks that we had, like took those decks basically to an uh, an F&M with like minimal tweaks and there was a whole new format essentially we took like the previous formats decks that we've been playing for all of deployment and actually i got i went like three and one fnm with an old deck just nice. just to be like yeah so i have a soft spot for esper dragons uh if there is a control deck that wants to go over the top dragon lord ojitai is probably gonna be a a fun piece to see in there and let's also not forget that niv visit parent as well as expansion explosion were very recent control finishers that were also very good. Yes, yeah, so you can might even look at like a Grixis Dragon uh, control list at some point. Yeah, potentially. I mean, you also have Dragon Lord Silly G uh, Silmdar yeah. in there to steal your your opponent your opponent's planeswalkers and be like, "Oh, you're about to ultimate this? No, I'm about to ultimate yeah. this." Yeah. Speaking of planeswalkers, Grixis control. It's going to feature the new card Drown in the lock. I don't think it's as good in this format as it was in Modern, obviously, but I still think it's going to be one of the premier cards in the format, especially against other interactive decks. 
And then you've got just a variety of nickel boluses yeah. that you can play in this deck. Good old Nicky B. Um, also, what's that has? It, it's the colors that'll have a bunch of uh, it's got Tyrant Scorn. It's got a bunch of other Planeswalker yes. kill spells in there. Uh, it does. You have oh god, what's the one with Delirium where you can kill like you make to the slaughter yeah, to the slaughter. So two and a black. Uh, Target player sacrifices or opponent sacrifices a creature or a planeswalker. But if you have delirium, which you probably might with this Grixis control deck, uh, you basically make them sack one of each. Um, yes. How good it'll be, who knows? Because a lot of go wide decks, but we'll see. I put this as a control deck only because its game, its goal is to control the board. Um, but Maze's End gets a lot better with Gates of Blaze. As well as Nexus of Fate and Wilderness Reclamation. You're also forgetting Circuitous Root that actually goes and fetches gates. That too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maze's End is basically the win con where if you control one of each gate, you win. And technically there's 11 gates, so you, and you only need 10 of them. So Oh, right. There's the, the color. There's gate. The, yeah, the gateway plaza. Yeah. So you have 11 gates you can go grab. Um, either way, yeah, Nexus of Fate's going to be back. Wilderness Reclamation, Fog Decks are back. There'll be the fog deck is Maze's End essentially. Uh, they'll be running Haze of Pollen and a couple of the other various fog. fogs. Yeah, the the fogs that were in the format uh, that basically yeah. made Bant Fog just utterly gross to play against, and now it has a new yeah. win con. Hooray! Also, Hooray. go wide Esper tokens. Is this? Are we talking like Esper Mentor? No, this is not. This is not mentor. Them. This is not monastery mentor. This is a shout out to my friend Doug who won a P, who won a PPTQ in standard. Against God Pharaoh's Gift with Esper Tokens. This is the Hidden Stockpile engine deck. Oh. Splashing blue for Champion of Wits and Scarab God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that deck. That was actually, yeah, that was fun to watch people go off with. It was very rare to see it on uh, streams just because, and even Magic Online deck list because it's very click intensive. It's a lot of clicky. It's a lot of clicks. Yeah, you're able, but, you're able to shortcut it very easily in paper once yeah. you explain the loop. So... Yeah, there's there's not even just loop. It's just like every turn, it's like in my upkeep, sack a servo to hidden stockpile, scry one, draw a card, do a bunch of things, make a bunch of servos, have an anointed procession in play, make a whole bunch more servos, have an anointed priest in play, make a bunch of servos, gain a bunch of life. It's ridiculous, is what it is. Yeah, it has a ver- it's very a very synergistic kind of thing that'll stop you from your game plan and then enact its own game plan. Yeah. Which is why now, it's pseudo control, but it has some weird aggro aspects with it, which we're going into right now. My bread and butter, the well, peanut I, I, butter to my jelly. Well, actually, let's just before we go off control real quick. Um, sure. Control will not be amazing at the beginning of Pioneer at the format. Yeah. If you want, it, if you're a control player, sorry, wait for a couple band cycles. Just that's all I'm gonna say. Or wait for the meta to develop and figure out what your answers are going to yeah, be. Because, like John mentioned, mid range and control are ve- going to be very are very proactively based decks. And in the beginning of a format, when people are going pedal to the metal, you know, hammer down to the floor with breaking combo decks and turning things sideways, trying to figure out what to react to is not the place to be. Yeah. Now. The macaroni to my cheese. Aggro decks. Starting off with one that I've played to mild success. Me too. Electrostatic Pummeler. It's still going to be an energy deck. It's still going to be a pump spell deck. But it gets Teamer Battle Rage. It also gets 
what's it called? Uh, scale up. Yeah. No, it does not get scale up. No? Scale up is in Modern Horizons. It oh, is not in the standard legal set. <laughs> Modern, nice try, Modern Horizons. Why well, I got to play? No, because it's like a. All right. I'll tell you the reason why I got confused there is because the card on scale, the art and scale up is very clearly set in Ravnica. And it came out sure. right around the time Ravnica was out. And I'm like, all right, scale up. Oh. It even has overload. I know. Uh, I actually had to correct somebody who was like Soul Herder. And I'm like, no. I don't get You know what? I, I felt I fell victim to the trap that I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to is they're going to be thinking about Modern Horizons card because it came out in that interim. Yeah, my friend was thinking about my roommate Doug was thinking about Red and Six and Pioneer and I'm like, no. Oh God, no. I would no. No, 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 no. no Anyways. No. Uh no, Pummeler was a hilarious deck. You could easily pump it up to like two hundred power toughness. Easy. Easily. And just Easy. trample smash your opponent's face in for like neg like down to like negative one thirty. I have tweets, I know I do, of like me showing my ridiculous kill numbers with electrostatic pummeler back in the day. And it wasn't it wasn't ever super popular, it wasn't ever top tier meta, but it was a tier two essentially ish, maybe two point five, that could easily just go take over an F and M night if you want if you drew nicely. Yep. Next. This deck almost won a Pro Tour and should have if Mike Sigurds didn't mulligan to oblivion in the final game. Oh yeah, that was that, that was the, Pro Tour Finals. The most painful mulls ever. In Soul Artifact plus Shrapnel Blast Aggro deck. Take it play an Ornithopter, turn it into a 5-5 on turn two, and crunch. Chew freaking chew, baby. Just turn things sideways. Uh so we mentioned hardened scale. I mean, we mentioned hardened scale was the mid-range. That's kind of like a weird combo mid-range deck that uses artifacts. This one is just straight up. Play a whole bunch of cheap artifacts, make them into creatures, and just turn them sideways. Or blow their faces it, off with Shrapnel Blast. And it gets your boy, Bomat Courier. Oh, John, you love that card. I, I do. We'll get to him later. <laughs> Next, <laughs> the aggro devotion deck, Mono Blue Devotion. You know, your Thassas, your Master of Waves. Gets a lot of really good cards. Gets Tempest Gin and Merfolk Trickster. Like, yeah, just basically think of the uh, the... Mono blue tempo deck that Autumn Burchett took to their victory at one of the more recent Pro Tours and just chunk a bunch of the good blue devotion spells over the last like four or five years in there. I mean, you know what's fun? Yeah. Tempest Gin, and you make it unblockable, Dasa. It's a little overkill, but I'll allow it. I mean, if they if they stick a chump, because there's a couple bunch of things that make a bunch of thopters and stuff, you know, chumpers. Sure, sure, sure. sure. That's how you punch. Next that's on how you the list, the chumpers. Next on the list, bird. This is just generic. This is just all the spells that deal damage to your opponent's face. Probably playing monastery swift spear. Yep. Maybe playing a couple other prowess cards. Yep. This is not like a direct port from an old archetype. This is just if you put burn spells in a format, people are going to put them all in the same deck. To be so, to be fair, though, some of the burn list, not your, not not your deck. We'll talk about a little bit the aggro one for red, not aggro red, but actual dedicated modern burn a lot of those cards have similar equivalents to what's going on nowadays and thing you I mean you lose you lose lightning bolt and you lose rift bolt which are, and you lose lava spike which are huge but <coughs> skull crack is still here you've got uh boros, boros charm atarka's command yeah. you might be running naya burn it might be boros burn uh straight right straight up mono red burn probably not better 
honestly. I don't know. Slaying fire is a big reason to be mono red. Well, yeah. There's But you have a lot of the you have like a lot of the check lands. You have uh yeah. the red white one that checks for a mountain or plains. You've got inspiring vantage. Uh you've got the uh red white creature land. Uh yeah, needle spires. Needle spires. Uh, so you can play that in there too as a way to if you start flooding out and burn. You know how are you gonna how are you gonna mo- mitigate that? Well, you can get creature land and just turn and turn sideways. Also, experimental frenzy. Yeah, the coffee machine's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So. Next, there's a lot of tribal decks like elves is going to be something. Merfolk could be something, but I don't think they're better than zombies because. The Zombies deck that Jerry Thompson won the Pro Tour with, Pro Tour Amonkhet, it only gets better. It gets Death Baron, it gets Diagraph Ghoul. There's a whole bunch of good zombies that this deck is going to get. It's going to make it a lot more resilient and a lot harder to beat. Uh, that one had Liliana the Last Hope in it, right? It did. Okay. Uh, it does get uh, Liliana untouched by death. Now, would you consider splashing a color in there for something like maybe... Oh god. I can see splashing white for like Wayward Servant. Okay. The one where if a zombie enters the battlefield, you drain them for one. But Yeah. I'm, it's interesting. We'll see. Uh there's a again, there's a lot of a lot of room to tinker. Yeah, that's true. Uh this next one is not gonna be as powerful as the versions that took over, you know, during modern, but El yep. Eldrazi. <laughs> yep. Mono X Eldrazi, you're not gonna be colorless. But you are going to be, you know, a color and Eldrazi, whether you're green or whether you're white or whatever it is. Thought Not Seer is still a powerful turn four play. Heck, what's it? What's it called? Um, Reality Smasher still beats Facein. Yes, yes, he does. The uh, now, yeah, these these some of these Eldrazi decks aren't going to be nearly as powerful as their modern equivalent or anything of that sort. Again, aggro decks probably won't necessarily be the greatest thing to be doing initially off the bat, but you can definitely take some older tribal archetypes and stuff like that. We mentioned in some of the, uh, like the mid range thing, like humans, that's, that's going to be a little slower because the the more higher impact humans are going to be a little higher in the curve. You're looking mainly for these aggro decks to be sitting at low, uh, basically topping out at three cmc sure. as much as possible like maybe you'll hit like a couple four mana spells in there but whatever the other ones we're talking about mid-range they're going to have a couple <clears throat> four mana spells maybe a five or six mana spell in there too these aggro decks probably won't have that right now we get to my true red and butter which is the red x aggro decks right these are going to be the Bomek Courier. These are going to be your Hazaret decks. These are going to be the, the decks that are going to be as low to the ground as possible, mostly red, with a couple of other splash colors, okay? Yep. And there's Mono Red, which I put a list below. I also put, like, a sample blue-white list. These are by no means tuned, by no means perfect. Obviously, there's going to be iterations thereof. Those are the mon- that, that is my Mono Red version. But you can splash a bunch of other colors in these red decks because the mana is pretty decent. And you're going to get some good results because, like, let's look at green. Green, you get a Tarkus Command. Play a Tarka Red, go wide. You then, you know, slam it with an Tarkus Command, pump your team, deal a bunch of damage. They don't go anywhere. Also in the same line, Gore Clan Rampager. 
is a hell of a magic card. You know, red, green, give a creature plus four, give an attacking creature you control plus four, plus four, and trample will kill a lot of blockers. That's Blood Rush, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you get any of the Domers you want. Probably Anarchobolus, but you can play any of the Domers you want. Probably just play Domi Raid. Eh, Maybe. OG one. Yeah. I mean, funnily enough, like we didn't, we don't even have a a, a one on this list. I just realized of one of my old favorite bread and butter decks from Standard Past. But it it ran, it was green red, uh, the green red monsters deck, which is, I would say it's aggro ish. You're looking to basically turn big creatures sideways. Uh, you could kind of say it's mid range because it's playing some planeswalkers, but it was mainly using the the green red dragons list that I played. Only really played Xenagos as a way to just be able to in one turn put like two dragons on the battlefield and just swing for like eight. Yeah. So, or like make a huge monstrous storm breath dragon, like you play it and then monstrous at the same turn and just choo choo hit you for eight. Um, yeah, but it's an aggro deck in its own way, but it was also not because it really wasn't playing, it was really geared towards like the four and five mana creatures, which again, like I mentioned, that's more of a mid rangey thing, but at the same time, it was mana ramp into the big creatures and they're turning sideways specifically. That's all you're doing. Yep. Or Crater's Black. Or Crater's Claws off the top. That was always fun. Yeah. Just hit you for nine. Black gives you Cut to Ribbons is kind of the one of the big cards that I'm looking at. You know, one of the red deal four to a creature, X Black Black, Fireball you. But you also get Dreadbore, which might be very important with all of the Planeswalkers running around. You obviously also get Thoughtseize. It's kind of a big deal. And there's a couple other cards that are kind of niche, like Carnival Carnage, specifically for the Carnage side. And a couple of other like colorless aggro cards from like um, from like unlicensed disintegration or from battle for Zendikar block. Side note: How much better would Bedevil be if it was just straight up Dreadbore in standard right now? Very good. Like it would be the best way to counter. You would be basically green red would be the natural predator of Oko decks. Black red, yes. Or black red, yeah, yeah. But it's not because Blue. playing that extra color pip for. Yeah, it just it's amazing how that kind of extra pip can just change the math on everything. Yeah. Blue gets counter spells, right? Yep. Gets something like Stubborn Denial, Spell Pierce. I have Mind Swipe in here, although although I don't think Mind Swipe is super playable. But I think the real reason you play blue with red, if you're being an aggro deck, is you're playing Wizards. Because having Wizards Lightning be actual Lightning Bolt and Wizards Retort be actual counter spell. It's just a huge game. So I want to talk about this one briefly because this is kind of near and dear to my heart. It's mainly a prowess deck at heart for this one, for blue-red. Um, I know Ryan Overturf posted a list he was jamming with. Uh, had Opt, Crash Through, Monastery Swift Spear, Soul Scar Mage, Warlord's Fury, which is like a bunch of cantrips tacked on to combat spells, basically. Wild Slash, yeah. Shock, Storm Chaser Mage, Wizard's Lightning, Treasure Cruise. Basically four, ma- four ofs across the board. It's a very super clean, super tight um list your treasure cruise there obviously is your way just to refill um i was like yep. oh man storm chaser mage love those prowess decks your sideboard's got searing blood of braid spell pierces aether gusts and stuff in it and an extra island if you're jamming more blue because it's a very more very much red based uh uh yep. what's it called mana pool also running mana yep. confluence should actually mention that's probably like the best mana fixing in the format oof poppy yeah mana confluence that's uh it's an old old standby. The uh, basically the fixed 
version of City of Brass. Yep. Taps for any color you need it, but it pings you with life. Granted, who knows how those points of life are going to be uh, needing it there. But yeah, blue-red as the uh, uh, aggro kind of aggro spell-based deck is definitely something I'm looking at potentially if combo dies out a little bit. Now, I think that white is the best pair color for red because we already mentioned Borostrom. Mm-hmm. You know, red, white, deal four to the face is very good. Yep. But you also get rest in peace. Sideboard. Yep. You also get, if you want to play a different style of red aggro deck, you get Feather, the Redeemed. Oh, Feather decks are fun. And uh, I was talking with my roommate Doug before he had to go back to work. He was like, listen, Hazaret's cool and all, but I think Aurelia Exemplar of Justice is just a better four drop. Yeah. And I think it's close. I don't know if it's clear, but I think it's close. So... There's a lot that white gives to red aggro decks that I think make it kind of the premier, the first step. If you're looking to, uh, if you're looking to play the format and you're trying to brew a red aggro deck that's not mono red, I would look to splash the white cards first, especially because you get Inspiring Vantage, you get Sacred Foundry, you get a bunch of these easily come into play on tap early red and white sources. Yep. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Man, we didn't really touch on it. I mean, I briefly kind of mentioned it, but I mean, you, you did too. But man, the mana bases are really going to make or break what decks are viable in this format because a lot of cycles of lands only have allied pairs. Some of them have only enemy pairs. Granted, the enemy pairs are a little less around the format. There's a lot of allied pairs. For, yeah, between the battle lands and the cycle lands. Yeah, uh, there's... I would say you would pro- if you're going to be doing it's what shard based uh wedge wedge so wedge is going to have the best mana uh I guess technically shards have the best mana but wedges have the best payoffs cards cuz you also have the enemy pay lands yeah that's true we do so, have yeah we do have the enemy so it's there's going to be payoffs regardless. Yeah, the uh, so it basically boils down to the fact that your mana bases are basically what's going to m- make or break what's vi- like really truly viable in this format is figuring out. Like I was talking to uh, my teammates from uh, SCG Philly this past week or past month, uh, John and not you, John, the other J O N. Yes, and other John, yeah, John and uh, well, Pete before he dropped out but uh haven't talked to nick really but we were talking and i'm like i've said yeah mana base figuring out your mana base is going to be about 60 to 70 percent of your beast with this format like yes you can go find all the broken cards from standards past cool how are you going to cast them find figure out your mana base figure out how to get it to be able to smooth your draws and smooth your spell be able to curve out basically that's going to be the hardest part of this format initially once in, until we get our legs under us with like, okay, what mana bases do we have available to us? Okay, cool. Let's jam this. It'll be fun now, and interesting. Kind of, kind of on that same line, I found this Reddit post on r slash spikes. There's a link to it in the show notes. And its title is what I learned from Frontier and how it may help you pioneer deck building, help your pioneer deck building process. And it's just like, here's what was good. In Frontier, which again was a smaller format, had fetch lands, was missing other key cards. Here he has what worked. A Tarka Red. Sultai, quote-unquote, Dredge. It's a prized amalgam deck, which I can completely understand, especially with Narcomoeba being in the format. 
Jeskai Ascendancy, Sahili Combo, Eldrazi Midrange, Emrakul, Collected Company, and then Smuggler's Copter. Yeah. And which doesn't surprise me. To be me. fair, something we didn't even mention in this, uh, Scavenging Goose is in the format. Yeah, he is. Good old Scoozy is in the format, so that can definitely help eat some graveyard hate for the green decks, which is kind of nice. But yep. and this this comment now, also mentioned this is this is kind of where I cribbed off of like this one in tweets are where I saw the Aetherworks Marvel comment where it might not be as good. Because yeah. it just said what didn't work. Well, Aetherworks Marvel, energy, hollow one, which also makes sense, not having faithful saluting hurts that deck a lot. Rally the ancestors, and then just mid-range decks. He just said that mid-range was just bad. You wanted to be aggressive or you wanted to be a combo deck. There were no true control decks in his kind of assortment of decks. So it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of pans out over Pioneer. So what I did to kind of help the process is on Thursday, aka the date of publication of this podcast, which is going to be October 24th, I'm going to be publishing a spreadsheet that I had codified of what I consider to be all of the threats and all of the answers in Pioneer. They're sorted by color in roughly alphabetical order, as well as like color pairs and whatnot, so you can be as nitty-gritty as you want to be. And just look through it. See what looks like, what are the things that are threatening? Like, I will admit, you know, Absent Falconer does not look like a big threat. But if the right deck emerges... Giving all my dudes fly with plus plus encounters is not that hard. I mean, you could just run abs and hardened skills. There you go. Bam. Exactly. Um, and then there's obviously some answers that are worse than other answers. Like I put Gainsay in there as well as Jace's Defeat. You're just going to play Jace's Defeat. But, but wait, I noticed. I just noticed a card that you don't even have in your red column, John. What did I forget? Abbot of Carol Keep. Oh, Abbot. Sure, yeah. sure. I only know about that I one for- because I was reminded of it on Twitter today by a. Uh... Oh God. Todd Anderson. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That that's my view. Yeah. No, but, but the funny thing is, is like that's the great part about this format is Abbot of Carol Keep, which everyone's like, oh my god, this is the like this is potentially red Snapcaster Mage, completely fell off of everybody's radar like the minute like we got past Magic Origins block, and now it's like yeah. oh, it might actually be a decent card, but it's not a wizard, yeah, it so draws, it's, it's not in the wizard list. It draws you a card and has prowess. I, um, I mean, it's worth testing. But yeah, yeah, people forgot about it. So yeah, but that's kind of where I'm at. I think this format is going to be really interesting. Um, my my like I said, my roommate Doug, he's been a very good Magic player. He's played in the Pro Tour. He was he was the reason why we were able to play at the um, the team RPTQ. Right? He has been playing a lot of Magic or thinking about a lot of Magic. And then if I told him there's a new format, he's the gears suddenly start going. He's like, well, well, what's the best deck? I'm like, we don't know. We only there's only the fetch only the only cards that are banned. He's like, oh, well, then what about what about this? What about this? And it was just, you know, it's why it's why I love magic because magic is always changing, is always growing, and pioneer is another way to see how magic grows. So I'm interested to see exactly how how the format shakes out over its early early timeline. Yep, that, and it's it's a brewer's paradise. I have honestly never seen like I can honestly say this, but like in the time that you and I have been playing Magic again, I have never seen so much excitement over over brewing like ever. Yeah, this is just like straight up a brewer's paradise, and 
to all of those out there who love jamming jank and love like throwing stuff against a wall and seeing what sticks your time is now this is your format have fun let me let me tell you about a little card called starfield of nick oh baby <laughs> anyways there's there are, i think there's, gonna... you're gonna run into some pet decks on the queues out there let me tell you what there are gonna be people who oh, yeah. are gonna be people who are trying to hard spike and and do what sam black said and, and ban a deck i mean to be fair he was one of the people behind uh that infect deck the blazing shell infect deck he was breaking that format trying to break modern originally and he's saying if you're not breaking pioneer you're doing yourself a disservice to be fair yeah. if you're not breaking the format you're also not doing yourself a disservice have fun it's a new format we did mention you should Remember. try and break it if like absolutely try and break it but in if break it in your own way in terms of find something that's fun for you if Remember, it can matches the game cool Magic's a game that we play to have fun. Yep. Anyways, you do you, fam. I think that's. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Ian, if people wanted to hit you up with their spicy pioneer brews, where can they do so? Oh God, give me all your dumb mid-range stuff, please. No, <laughs> I mean, but also yes. Find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can also find me on Twitch at Twitch.tv/Dix. Um. Yeah, I can't really give you a good time period if I might stream this. I do want to find a decent Pioneer deck to kind of chunk together using the rental service is service or is that I still have cards for and can jam a deck together for. And, you know, I want to stream some Pioneer because it's, you know, like I said, Bruce Paradise, I got the itch. It's like, oh, baby. Format sweet. Oh, baby, hook me up. Anyway, John, where can they send you your aggro lists? Please send me all of your Bowman Courier fan mail too at jyle129. That's jwiley129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me floating around, don't hesitate to say hi. This is going to be a real fun format. I'm really interested to see. Dude, I'm so I stoked. Am, I am planning on either being at Magic Fest Austin at the beginning of January or Magic Fest Phoenix. Are you going to go to Louisville that's, now? Because that's relatively close to you and you can play some Pioneer there. I might go to Louisville too. We'll see. TBD. Yeah, buddy. If you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can either hit us up on on uh, Twitter at Eyes on the Mize, or you can shoot us an email at Eyes on the Mize at gmail.com. We'd love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. Hey, be, on behalf be, of- be, before you start, I just want to say thank you, though. Like, I, I don't ju- butt in at the end a lot, but I do want to, th- like, I know John says this, but seriously, thank you so much for tuning in week in, week out. Even. I say we can wake out whenever we po- <laughs> whenever we record. Uh, life's been crazy. I want to actually jump in. I know John says on behalf of me all the time, but I I want to voice it myself. Thank you so much. Really, I mean it. Like you guys out there, even just tweet retween the podcast, saying it. we've had a couple people come in like, "Hey, I didn't know you podcasted." Like, what? Enjoy it. And yeah. I for that, like that's that's what keeps us going, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just you know doing what we need to do, and it's just. It's a lot of fun, so we really enjoy it. And Ian said his piece. I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.